0: Welcome to Crosstown. I don't know about you, but you know what I love most about that video? They're running together. And I'm just glad I get to run this race with you guys. So I am thrilled that you're with me and that we get to be here this morning and we get to do this thing together because I don't know about you, but I've tried to run a race by myself and it's really not a whole lot of fun. Um, well, welcome. My name is Stacy McLean, in case you are visiting with us. My husband, Chris, and I get um, to serve here. We've been calling Crosstown Home for over 15 years, and I get to be a part of the teaching team and do women's ministry here, and it's just really uh, my joy to be with you guys this morning. Pastor Paul will be back next week. He's been taking a little sabbatical for a couple of weeks, not really, but um, trying as much as he can, so um, I'm thrilled to be with you guys. I want to just remind you about a couple of things that we've got going on today. Today is a really exciting day, and if any of you are hungry, I have a gift for you. I'll give you free lunch today. Just me. I'm doing this for you, okay? So if anyone asks. Um, No, we have our 3L small group leader interest lunching right after second service. So immediately following this service in uh, Kids Church right down the hall on the left there. We've got um, free Mo's for you. You'll get to meet Suzanne Kuba, who is our small group leader, coordinator, and our mission outreach director. And so she's going to just be offering an informational lunching. We've got child care provided. So if you're thinking, I'm hungry, but i got my kids with me, we'll take care of all that. So we'll feed you. We'll feed um, talk to you. Suzanne will share with you a little bit about the mission of small groups here at Crosstown, how you can be involved in that. And honestly, if you're sitting here and you're thinking, I don't know, I just heard about this, I encourage you, if you have ever thought about leading a small group or pushing play on a DVD player for a small group, because sometimes it's scary to think about leading, um, facilitating a small group, we encourage you to join us right after this service today and at least find out more information and get a good lunch. Uh, We also have, starting this Thursday, our Unbound Summer Session. So it's going to run Thursday night, Friday, and Saturday. If you have never participated in Unbound, I encourage you to think about being a part of that. Uh, It's one of the ministries here at Crosstown that's been vitally important to us as a body. And... um, Ben Acree, who heads that up, has had the opportunity to take that around the world. And um, it's really exciting to see what's going on in Unbound. So we encourage you to sign up, be a part of that. And then last but not least, Sunday, July 21st, which I believe is next Sunday, actually, is Baptism Sunday. If you have never um, made that public profession of your faith, maybe you have given your life to Christ, but you've never gone through and and made that demonstration so that the body of believers here can celebrate with you. We'd love to have that conversation with you. We'd love to answer any questions you may have about it. If you have um, a child who's interested in that, please reach out to us. We want to have that conversation with you. You can sign up or get more information at guest services in the back. So thank you guys again for being here. We are in the middle of our summer series called Catching Our Second Wind, based out of 2 Corinthians. So we've been looking this summer at um, the the letter that the Apostle Paul wrote uh, to the church at Corinth. And so basically this church in Corinth had been given the good news of Jesus Christ and they were kind of living on mission. They were doing things together and then opposition came and the Apostle Paul is writing them this letter to re-energize their faith. And our hope This summer is for us to use this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to this church to help re-energize our faith, to help renew us. Some of us have been in this race, in this journey of faith for a long time, and now we just kind of feel tired. Worn down. Like maybe we've hit the wall. We've been talking about that analogy like in running when runners hit the wall. It's when they just can't keep going. Their body just can't continue. And I think the truth is some of us have shown up today and it's all we could do to get here today and we just don't know how we're gonna continue and what our hope is is that we can use this letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to this church to re-energize our faith through the power of God and his Holy Spirit that we will be able to re-energize our faith so that we can stay in this race and run this race of faith with endurance because opposition comes failure occurs Things happen in life that will wear us out, and we need to learn how to catch our second win. When I was thinking about this, you know, I was thinking about all the different tools and techniques and training methods that are available when you're trying to run a race. So, um, if you know anything about me, you know I have a love hate relationship with running, and so because I love to hate it and hate to love it, I sign up for a half marathon every year. And so I will be running Kiowa Half Marathon in December. I've been doing it now for six or seven years. And for the last several years, I have been using the same training guide to run that half marathon. Um, I've just been doing the exact same thing. And sometimes it gets a little stagnant and boring and stale. I'll just be honest. When I know I'm so familiar with the training system now that I've done it for six or seven years in a row, I'm kind of like, oh, I know, I have to start out with this run, and then I'll add along an extra mile every Saturday until I get to like eight miles, and then I'll take a break, and then i you know, and it kind of becomes monotonous to us. I think that's true for some of us in our faith journey. I think some of us are at a point in our faith journey where we're like, I know, I go to church every Sunday, I listen to what they say, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to pray, I'm going to tithe, I'm going to do the things I, I'm supposed to do. But I really kind of want to encourage you to listen to the words that we're going to hear from the Apostle Paul today kind of as a brand new technique for us, as something new to energize our faith. So for me, last year, one of the things that I did when I was preparing to run the race last year, I was like, you know, I'd really like to spice things up, change up my um, routine a little bit. And so I had a Nike running app on my watch. And the cool thing about that is they have different coaches who will talk to you through your run. They have different people and different types of run depending on what you want to do. If you want to shave time off of your mile time or if you want to have better endurance or whatever, they have all these different things that you can do. And the really neat thing was, as I was doing it, I would download a run and it would tell me, okay, this run's going to be 23 minutes. But do you know that the entire 23 minutes, I had a coach in my ear telling me, okay, you're going to get started. All right, for the next 30 seconds, you need to stretch. Okay. Five, four, three, two, one, stretch. All right, stretch it out for another 10 seconds, and then they'd count down. And then it would be, okay, run your 5K pace for the next minute. And he's talking to you the whole time. Make sure that your stride is right. Make sure that your breathing is in line. Make sure your shoulders are upright. Make sure this. The entire run, I had this voice in my head telling me what to do. And you know that it made the runs so much easier, so much faster. And so, what I want to encourage us to do today is to use the voice of the Apostle Paul as he was inspired by God as a coach in our head to run this race to encourage us. So um, several weeks ago, Pastor Paul talked to us as we've been looking at this. He started in 2 Corinthians sharing with us those verses about comfort. He reminded us, hey, listen. This is a tool, this is a technique you can use in your training process to help you catch your second wind. You can receive comfort from God, and out of that comfort, you can give comfort to others. And then last week, we talked about the idea of exhaling shame. All that stuff that we've done that we regret, just get rid of it and begin to inhale. Take in breathe in the grace of God. So that's another tool that we can use. Today we're going to be looking at an even different tool that the Apostle Paul talks to us about out of 2 Corinthians. Let's look at our theme verse this week that, that we've got, and we're going to be reading it every single week. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes I just need to hear it over and over and over and over again. There's all kinds of statistics out there about how many times you need to hear something before it actually Sticks with you. So listen to what the Apostle Paul is writing to this church. Remember, this was a church that was excited and energized in their faith, and now opposition has come. We'll find out today somebody has hurt them, somebody has done something wrong to them, and the Apostle Paul is telling them, Listen, don't give up. I know you feel like you've hit the wall, but I want to re energize you in your faith. I want to encourage you. 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 16, he says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away, our inner self is being renewed day by day. Some of us can feel that outer self wasting away, but God wants to breathe fresh life into you today. He wants to renew you day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, But to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. See, we need to be looking for this renewal so we can hit the finish line, so we can continue running this race and running it all the way to the finish line. And so today we're gonna be looking at the idea of renewal coming in the form of forgiveness. And immediately, if you are like me, you hear this idea of forgiveness. If you have anyone in your life that has hurt you and you have not forgiven them, their name just popped into your head. You know how I know that? Because as I was preparing this, that happened to me. So I know for some of us, we're thinking about the idea of forgiveness and we're going, oh yeah, I've heard that. That's the same old training technique I've heard over and over again. I want to encourage you, listen to it anew today because I think God has something to share with us today about forgiveness. At least as I was preparing this, he was sharing with me um, some new insight on the idea of offering forgiveness. And so let me explain it to you this way when I was thinking about... um, the running analogy and and the idea of forgiveness. So sometimes when you have not run in a long time or you are running differently, so you're trying a tempo run or you're trying to um, do some sprint workouts, you are going to feel a burning sensation in your legs, you're going to feel fatigue, and the cause of that is lactic acid. So runners will talk about having lactic acid buildup in their legs. So um, last night, probably around 10 or 10 30 last night I was about to go to sleep and um, all the lights are out and my husband's doing something I'm like oh by the way could you explain to me he's a physician so I was like could you explain to me the difference between lactic acid what it does and then lactic acidosis and how all that works he's so sweet and kind to me he was like um okay hold on let me see if I can find an article that will help explain this cuz it's a little bit complicated and I know it but he understands that I know nothing about medicine and so he's trying to break it down and explain it to me in a way that I could understand it. So just bear with me as I'm talking about lactic acid and lactic acidosis. If you are in the medical field or have a medical background, can you just give me some grace if I mess up? If you have questions afterwards, my husband Chris is right here on the front row. You can ask him for clarity. So, <laughs> I'm sure he'll let me know if I say something wrong about it. But lactic Lactic acid is what builds up in our muscles, and um, over time, if your lactic acid levels are super high, it can develop into lactic acidosis, which can actually be very deadly. He was saying if someone comes in and they're septic, he'll check a lactic acid level to see how high their lactic acid level is. Um, And if it's super high, then it could be an indication that they have lactic acidosis. And the treatment for that, this is what blew me away. This is the part I found so interesting. The treatment for that is a couple of things. First, he said, we just flood the body with fluids. Not not just a little bit of fluids, but we flood the body with fluids. And then the other thing is, we give oxygen. He was saying that was another thing that they did to help um, eliminate lactic acidosis. Okay, let me just say... That is amazing. You know why that's amazing? Because Jesus Christ is the living water. He is living water for us. And the very breath of God, the Holy Spirit, is the breath of life. Isn't that cool to think about? If you came in today and there's a hardness in your heart, if there's a burning because of pain that has been afflicted by something someone has done to you, the solution is the living water of Jesus Christ, and the breath of God through his Holy Spirit. And isn't it cool when science and scripture can come together? I just love that because God created our bodies. He knows how they work. And so as we're talking today about this idea of lactic acid buildup, I want you to think about sometimes when we have suffered a wrong, when someone has wronged us, when they have inflicted pain, when we have been inflamed, then there's going to be a lactic acid buildup. And the best way for renewal is to offer forgiveness. That's the only way we're going to be able to do it. So I want to give you a little background about this Um Before we jump into the scripture today. So basically the Apostle Paul had already written a letter to the church at Corinth. And that's what 1 Corinthians is. And what happens in that letter is we see somebody in their body. One of them. One of the family members in the body of the church. Had offended them. They had done something wrong. And it had really upset and disrupted. So the Apostle Paul wrote to them and he said look. What they did is wrong. And this is how you need to punish them. This is what you need to do to to fix that situation. And so now the Apostle Paul is writing to them again, and he's saying, okay, now that they have had sufficient punishment, we need to work on forgiveness and restoration. But see, what happens for a lot of us is, especially if you're a parent, and I'm a mom, I have two kids, and one of my children is in here today, and she can probably testify to this I have to be really careful. In my parenting, God has really challenged me. When one of my kids does something that I told them not to do, like, hey, you can't do that, and then they do it anyway, when I punish them, is that punishment corrective or punitive? See, I think a lot of times when someone wrongs us or hurts us, then we want to hurt them back. We want to punish them. But every time God has given me any kind of discipline, Any kind of punishment, it has been for my correction. It has not been for punitive sake, just for punishment's sake. And so this is what the Apostle Paul is telling them. You'll hear this in the letter. He's saying, look, I didn't tell you to punish this person who wronged you or discipline them just for discipline's sake, just because I did it so that correction would occur. And I'll tell you, that was one of the biggest things God laid on my heart this week as a parent was when you correct your children, Be very aware of why you're correcting them. What is the point? Is it just because they really irritated you and you just want them to suffer? Or is it because you want the behavior to improve? And just like with God, when he corrects us, it's never just for us to be punished or to suffer. It is always so that there will be a correction in the wrong behavior that we've committed. So we're going to pick up in um, 2 Corinthians 2, starting in chapter 5. And I want you to listen. So, One of the articles I was reading about lactic acid buildup and how to avoid lactic acid buildup, the first thing it said was hydrate, which I thought was really interesting when Chris, I was like, man, you really do know what you're talking about. You really are a doctor. You are supposed to give fluids. It said, this article I read off the internet. He's like, oh, I'm glad what I said to you after I have a medical degree and have been practicing medicine for 15 years lines up with what you read on the internet. But the idea of hydration, so the article said really to hydrate. And the other thing it said was to rest. So after you have injured your or you've strained your muscles in a workout, you need to have a time of rest. And then it also said that um, you can drink orange juice because sometimes orange juice will help. So I've never tried that. But if I get lactic acid buildup, which I know I will, I'll start trying to drink some orange juice. But another thing also said stretch. And so one of the things I have to confess about myself is I just don't value stretching and running. I mean, if I've got to run... Um, then I'm going to get out and run, and I don't have time to stretch. Because, you know, most um, people who are really good runners will tell you you have to stretch before and after. Who has got time for that? I barely got time to get out the door and get a run on. I don't have time to stretch before and after. So I just didn't value stretching until (laughs) I had an injury. And I will promise you, if you run and you get an injury, stretching will become your best friend. And I can tell you that I wouldn't even get out of my bed in the morning before I was stretching my foot out and rolling it on this roller because it hurt so bad. And I understood the importance of stretching. So what we're going to be looking at, the Apostle Paul is saying, look, guys, you got some lactic acid buildup in your muscles you're becoming like stone because a lot of rum- runners will call the lactic acid buildup cement legs because it literally makes you feel like you can't keep going, like your legs seize up. If you've ever experienced lactic acid buildup, what usually happens, this is how it happens to me. Like I start the run and I'm really excited. And I'm like, I got this. It's going to be awesome. And about 30 seconds into it, I was like, whoa, that pace was way in- too intense for me. So I slow down and walk. Well, by that time, I got so much lactic acid in my muscles the next time I start running it looks like this. I don't know if I can do that or not. And so we, some of us have that build up in the Apostle Paul is saying, look, you need to hydrate, you need to have the living water of Jesus, and you need to stretch. And that's what he's going to encourage the church at Corinth to do. He's stretching them. So listen to this language as I start reading 2 Corinthians 2 starting in verse 5. Remember, he's addressing the person who's caused them pain. He acknowledges that, and he's stretching them on how to restore this situation. Now, if anyone has caused you pain, he has caused it not to me, but in some measure, not to put it too severely, to all of you. For such a one, this punishment by the majority is enough. Some versions actually say, look, the punishment, it was sufficient. It's enough. It it did its job. So you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him, or he may be overwhelmed by excessive sorrow. So I beg you to reaffirm your love for him. For this is why I wrote that I might test you and know whether you are obedient in everything. Anyone whom you forgive, I also forgive. Indeed, what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything has been for your sake in the presence of Christ, so that we would not be outwitted by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his design. Did you catch what he said, how he was stretching them? Verse 7 says, so you should rather turn to forgive and comfort him. So he's not asking them just to forgive this person who wronged them. But he is saying, I need you to also Comfort this person. I need you to reaffirm your love for this person. So, a lot of us are going to be quick to forgive. If you have walked with the Lord a long time, you know Scripture tells us you have to forgive. As a follower of Jesus Christ, if you've never heard this, Scripture tells us, as a follower of Jesus Christ, we must forgive. We have to. We don't have any other choice. And so, because I am an achiever and I know that's what I'm supposed to do, I am usually pretty quick to forgive. But that and comfort them, reaffirm your love for them, mm, that's where you're asking me to stretch. So just this past week, um, somebody hurt my feelings. Okay, my husband hurt my feelings this past week, okay? (laughs) And um, we were having a conversation, and I, I was in the wrong, but the way he was talking to me, it immediately hurt my feelings. Like, I mean, if you're a woman, you understand. It was immediate. Like, he said something, and tears flooded my eyes. And I, my heart was racing. And then he realized, uh-oh, I think I just overstepped the line. And so he's like, I'm sorry, do you forgive me? And I was like, yes, I forgive you. We continued the conversation. And, like, two minutes later, I walked to the other side of the kitchen. I was getting something out of the refrigerator. And he was like, well, if you forgave me, why are you still acting like you didn't forgive me? I said, honey, listen. It's going to take a minute for my emotions and my heart to catch up with what my brain has done because it doesn't just go away like that. Like, and again, this is probably more for the women in the room, but I'm a woman and I understand emotions. If you let your emotion drive your situation, you're going to take your whole family on a roller coaster and they are not going to enjoy the ride. I'm just speaking from experience, okay? So I'm just saying it took a minute for me to allow that emotion to stop, to dissipate so that there could be comfort again in the relationship. But see, I think a lot of us get stuck in that, okay, I'm going to forgive, and we don't want to move on to the comfort because our emotions, we don't feel like forgiving. I'll be honest, he hurt my feelings. I did not feel like forgiving him. But I could not let my feelings and my emotion lead me. So the formula for success, just like there's a formula for success and running a race successfully, the formula for success is this. Truth leads actions, feelings will follow, and comfort will come. The truth of God must always lead your actions. Your feelings will follow. They will catch up. Now, it may take a hot minute, but they will catch up, and comfort will come. And so what does the truth of God's word tell us? God's word tells us that we have to forgive others. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 4.32, it says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. See, we are called to be kind and tenderhearted, forgiving. Don't you love that it's the ing? That means over and over. It keeps going. And then in Colossians 3.13, it says, We're bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Don't you love that? It's in the action and in the, the ongoing action of forgiving. But when it comes to what the Lord has done, he's already forgiven. It's already done. Isn't that beautiful? That w- we can forgive because we are forgiven. And we can continue to forgive because we are forgiven. Last week we talked about that idea of exhaling that shame and receiving the grace of God. Because you are forgiven. You have been forgiven. You will be forgiven. You are forgiven. And so we then can freely forgive. But see, forgiveness is not ours alone to give. This forgiveness is... Comes from God. So this morning I got up early just so I could have some quiet time in my house and really just kind of settle my mind before I have to get up here and um, share a message with you guys because it's always real nerve wracking for me to have to be up here because I just, I'm like, I don't know, Lord, are you sure of me? Okay, here we go. So in the morning I just got up and I started praying. I, um, As I was praying this morning, it immediately came to me, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And I was like, huh, that's okay. And you would like to know that you would think that I probably just recited the rest of the Lord's Prayer. I didn't. You want to know why? I don't have it memorized. I don't know it. I didn't grow up reciting it. It is not something that comes natural to me. Um, And so I thought, well, that was weird that I was praying the Lord's Prayer in my time this morning. That's not something I typically do. So I went over and I started reading. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to finish reading the Lord's Prayer to see what it says. You know what it continues to say? Give us this day our daily bread and Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. It was like I had never seen those words before this morning. It, it hit me that there was this idea of give us our daily bread and forgive us our sins. And I thought, huh, and That's interesting that it's connected. So I went to my commentary because I want to make sure that I'm not just like going off on a tangent somewhere. And I went to my commentary to look up the original Greek wording of that. Because actually I looked up the other one where it says in Colossians that you also must forgive. So I wanted to look up the Greek word and tell you what it meant. It's actually not there in the Greek. It just says forgive. So I was like, well, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. So I went and I looked it up in the commentary this morning about this idea of give us our daily bread and forgive us our sins. And it said the repetitive nature of the phrase in Greek absolutely is indicating to us when Jesus was saying that to his disciples he was intentional about it he was tying that idea of give us our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us there is a direct correlation between receiving our daily bread and giving forgiveness see a lot of times when we've said the Lord's Prayer we think give us this daily bread we immediately this is where my mind usually goes is to think about the Eucharist when we receive communion the body and blood of Christ, and that's the daily bread. But what I think Jesus was indicating when he was telling them, hey, this is how you pray. Give us our daily bread. That means God's mercy is new every morning to me. His forgiveness is new to me in every minute of my life. And every day, I need to ask him, give me your daily bread today, God, so that I can be forgiven of my sins to forgive others. The forgiveness does not, I'm never going to muster it up. If someone has seriously wronged you, if someone has seriously offended you, or mildly, mildly offended you in my case, um, I just don't feel like forgiving where does the forgiveness comes from? It comes from that daily bread where God is going to give us that daily bread and forgive us of our sins. So every day I need to go to him and I need to receive that mercy and that forgiveness and that grace so that when someone wrongs me, then I am able to forgive them as well. Because Forgiveness comes from him alone. As a matter of fact, Jesus talks to his disciples about this. And I think it's real interesting when he's talking to his disciples about this idea of forgiveness. He's telling them, look, you guys... You're going to hit a wall, okay? I just know how humans work. I created them. I know how they work. And you're going to hit a wall. There's going to be a stumbling block. Listen to what Jesus says to his disciples in Luke 17. He said to his disciples, It is inevitable that stumbling blocks come, but woe to whom they come through. Be on your guard. If your brother sins, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times a day and returns to you seven times saying, I repent, forgive him. What? That's hard, Jesus. So you're telling me not only do I need to forgive, but I need to forgive over and over and over? Let me just say on a side note right here, I am not saying, if you are in an abusive relationship, so if you are being mentally, physically, or verbally abused, that is not okay. I am not telling you to stay in that situation. You need to leave, and you need to get safe. What we are talking about, though, is when wrongs are committed against us, we are called to forgive. So even if you are in an abusive situation, get out, get safe, get help. But eventually, you're going to have to forgive that person who has abused you. But what Jesus is saying is over and over and over again. See, for me, when my husband offended me and upset me, it was pretty easy to forgive him. Because honestly, it's pretty rare. His intention is not to hurt my feelings. His intention is not to upset me. His intention is to honor me and love me. And I know that. We've been married for 21 years, so I know that about him. So it was pretty easy to forgive You know when it's hard for me to forgive? When that person does it over and over and over and over. It's really hard. I've had several situations in my life, especially with family members. I don't know about you guys, but man, family members. Family gets tough, right? But... There are certain people, um, certain family members that I have that have done the same thing over and over again. And you know what? The scripture says I'm supposed to forgive over. If they come to me seven times in one day, I am supposed to forgive them. Every single time they come to me. And I was really stuck in this a while back ago. And I was really having a hard time with this. And I can tell you, I just felt the lactic acid build up. I just felt it in my bones. I felt it in my muscles. And I would forgive this person and then you know, two hours later, I'd get a phone call about something else they had done. And I was like, are you kidding me? And I'm thinking, I just forgave them. Now I got to forgive them again over this. This is so difficult for me. Look at what the disciples' response was when Jesus says to them, this is what you have to do. I love the very next verse in Luke. So Jesus said to him, you know, look, if he returns to you seven days and says, I repent, forgive him. And I pray that my response is what the disciples' response was. The disciples say to him, the apostle said to the Lord, Increase our faith. And the Lord said, If you had the faith like a mustard seed, tea tiny little seed, you would say to this mulberry tree, Be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. See, A lot of times we just read that section of it, increase our faith, and if you have faith the size of a mustard seed. Anytime you hear anyone quote that scripture to you about if you have faith the size of the mustard seed, I want you to attach it to the verses before where he's talking about forgiveness. Because sometimes it feels like trying to uproot a tree and plant it into the bottom of the sea to get that forgiveness to flow. But what did Jesus say? He said, you have to forgive, and the disciples said, then increase our faith. May that be true for us. May our response when we are offended over and over again, may we say, increase our faith. One of the roadblocks, one of the stumbling blocks that we'll run into when we are forgiving someone or we're asking God to increase our faith to forgive them is that we think that if we forgive them, if we offer them forgiveness, then we're telling them, it's okay. What you did is okay. That's actually not what this word forgive means in Luke It actually means to absolve them of the guilt. That's the type of forgiveness. It's to recognize there was a wrong. So when we forgive someone, because I've thought about this. Why does God command that we forgive other than the fact that we are so forgiven? Because he knows the healing that comes through the forgiveness that we offer. Not necessarily healing for the person you forgave, for you. The healing will come to you. It's the lactic acid in my muscles that's building up. It's the pain in my legs that I feel. And when I offer that forgiveness... There is a refreshment. There is a rehydration of my muscles. There is a rest that flows. So when we offer that forgiveness, then it's a healing for us. But he's, you know, we have to say, God, you, you have to increase our faith. It has to come from you. And so when we think about the idea of forgiving, think about it just requires faith the size of a mustard seed. And if your faith is the size of a sand of grain, a, a grain of sand right now, ask God to increase it. Ask God to give you more faith because His Word tells us that He will. His Word encourages us to come to Him and ask Him to increase our faith because that's when real difference happens. So we have to rely on God to give us strength to do this forgiving. Because if you're waiting on yourself to feel like forgiving someone, it's probably not going to happen. I can tell you, as long as I have walked with the Lord and I've, I've been in situations where I've been wronged and I've been hurt, I just don't, I can't think of a single time where I felt like forgiving someone. I really honestly can't. But I can tell you that when I forgave them, when I acknowledged that there was a wrong committed and I'm not going to hold that wrong against them, then slowly the Lord came and the Lord restored. And so we just are encouraged to forgive and to rely on God to Give us the ability to forgive. And why do we need to do this? Why do we need to rely on God's strength? Because we don't want the enemy to hinder us. Listen to what the Apostle Paul was telling them again in verse 10 in 2 Corinthians chapter 2. He says, Now whom you forgive anything, I also forgive. If indeed I have forgiven anything, if I have forgiven that one for your sakes in the presence of Christ, least Satan should take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. See, the enemy wants to take advantage of the opportunity of our heart hardening. He knows us very well, and he knows if I put a bunch of humans in a room together, eventually they're gonna hurt each other's feelings. And he's banking on the fact that we will not stop the lactic acid build up. He's banking on the fact that we will harden our hearts towards one another, and he's going to use that against us. He's going to use that as his advantage. See, when you're running a race and you're competitive, runners will try to use an advantage to get up ahead of another runner. If you guys were here a couple weeks ago, you remember Pastor Paul. He was an avid runner all through um, high school and Later, and he was talking about when he was running, he knew one of the advantages he had over other runners was running up the hill. That was his advantage, and he used that advantage against another runner and the enemy will use any advantage he has but we are not ignorant of his schemes. His schemes are not new. He is always going to try and have unforgiveness build up in our hearts so he can turn our hearts to stone because he understands when our hearts are hardened with bitterness and unforgiveness he knows that it is much harder for us to hear the father's voice. He knows it's much harder for us to receive forgiveness and grace because our hearts are hardened. As a matter of fact in Hebrews it says let no No root of bitterness grow up because it can defile many, many. He knows that if I harbor bitterness in my heart against somebody else in my family here in this body, that not only can it affect me, but it can affect the whole body. And so we need to be aware of what the enemy tries to do. And we need to be renewed by the living water of Jesus Christ. Springs of life that he has given for us so that we will not thirst again. So we can stay hydrated. I think one of my kids the other day said, hydrate or dehydrate. Had y'all ever heard that phrase? I had never heard that phrase. But I'm like, that is some serious truth being preached right there. You will hydrate or you will dehydrate, okay? I want to hydrate. I want to be hydrated in the living water of Jesus. Christ. And so we don't want to allow this lactic acid to build up. We want to be moved through the power of God to be renewed Day by day. That is the encouragement for us today. That's the new training technique we're going to be using this week. That's what I want you to get out and do. That's what I'm getting out to do in running this race. And I can tell you, I have walked in that grace of God. When forgiveness is given and comfort comes. So that whoever has wronged us. When we forgive them and we comfort them because they have repented and they have said, yes, I was wrong, I'm sorry. Sometimes we just want to make people pay for it. And it's like, no, that's just punishing them to be mean. That's not the way our God works with us. It's always for our benefit and for the building up. So we're about to move into expressions. And as we move into this moment of expressions, this is an opportunity for us to respond to what God's been saying to us today. This is an opportunity to lay our hearts before him. And I know for some of you, there have been very, very difficult things that have happened to you. I know some people have wronged you in the deepest, deepest way. God sees that and he understands that. But he's still asking you, Surrender to him. Ask him to increase your faith so that you can offer forgiveness, so it can freely flow through you. So this morning, during this time of expression, I just ask you to give in to what God's been saying to us this morning. God's been speaking to us all morning long. And this is our time to respond, to surrender, to allow him to increase our faith, to trust that he is the very breath of life, that Jesus Christ offers living waters that will refresh our stony, hardened hearts, and he will bring them back to a heart of flesh, to a heart that is full of grace and forgiveness. So maybe this morning for you, there is something so deep, and there is a root of bitterness that is trying to dig deep inside of you. I just invite you, Go and ask our, our elders and our pastors in the back to pray with you. It has been amazing the miraculous change that's happened in my heart on forgiveness when they have prayed with me before. Or maybe for you today, there is a wrong that has been committed to you and you have held it so deep and so tight you've never let go of it. Nail it to the cross because the blood of Jesus has wiped it out. Receive that this morning. Or maybe for you this morning, it's an opportunity for you to come and to partake in the body and the blood of Jesus Christ that was broken and the blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. Receive that and do that in remembrance of what Jesus Christ has accomplished for us. Wherever you are this morning, we invite you into this moment, no matter what anybody else is doing around you, respond to what God is saying to you today. Father, we love you and we thank you. We thank you that you are a God who gives us our daily bread. God, I don't need to worry about, are they going to offend me again? What's going to happen in the future? Because your word says that you will give us your daily bread and you will forgive us our sins every day so that we can forgive others. Thank you, God. Thank you that you meet us where we are, that you meet our needs. And that you are gracious and kind and full of goodness and mercy. So through the power of your Holy Spirit, we ask that you will flood this place this morning. That forgiveness will flow in places and in places hearts where it's not been in years. Father, we know that you are a God of miracles and do a miraculous work in every one of our hearts this morning. Bring us back to you. Increase our faith, God. Let us keep our eyes on the things that are unseen, on the eternal, on the face of Jesus Christ as we run this race with endurance. Father, it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.